Welcome to A Wild New Work, Ecological Guidance for Your Career. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, writer, mother, and consultant based in Portland, Oregon, and I am your host for this podcast. Um, This monthly podcast is designed to support you in taking intentional, wise, soul-centered action in your career, and it's all based on the wisdom of nature. Well, welcome. And this episode is one I'm really excited to share for you. And it's for women who, like me, love their children. Absolutely, of course. And they also love their ambitions and the work that they do. Or if they're not loving the work they do right now, they love the potential of what is um, available to them in their careers. This episode is intended to be a real reclamation of power available to mothers who work. Um, For a long time, I bought into the narrative that said that, you know, being a mother was at odds with or to the detriment of my work. Um, And it's still an ongoing conversation. I'm relatively new at this. I have an 18-month-old daughter named Wyatt, uh, W-Y-E-T-T-E, and um, she's wonderful and she's completely you know shaken up my life and career and how I work and when I work and um, it's all it's still an ongoing conversation but um, I noticed that I was really buying into this narrative that says that I can't um, I can't do anything (laughs) or that I'll never really be successful in my work or that I don't have the space or time to do work that's meaningful to me. And um, I noticed that I was kind of buying into that belief system and I didn't like the way that it was making me feel or what um, what it opened up for me. And so this episode is, you know, as much for you as it is for me, um, because I think it's us up to each of us as mothers and as women who may not be mothers yet or who would like to be mothers. Um, it's up to us to kind of reclaim that power, that magic, the wisdom and the insight that comes from the experience of being a mother. And maybe all it takes to do that is to make a shift in our mindset Um, which is free and something we can do right away. Um, This episode and what I'm going to share today is not about mothers being better than other working women. It is not about creating hierarchy or a better, worse dichotomy. This is not a commentary on how best to become a mother or about, um, you know, making distinctions between who's really a mother or not. None of that. If you resonate with the concept of mother or you identify as a mother, you are welcome here. Um, you know, I'll share from my own experience of being becoming a mother biologically, but with total respect and holding space for those who, you know, want to be mothers and have not been able to yet, um, those who did not want to become mothers and did, adoptive mothers, stepmothers, anyone who has pain around this concept. Um, I know that this is a charged, big topic, and I might misstep, but my intention here is really that it feels empowering to each of you listening, no matter what your experience is with motherhood. So specifically in this episode, I'm going to cover some of the concrete ways that motherhood, whether it's biological or adoptive, can really sharpen our gifts and shape our careers in meaningful ways. 
Um, I'll also talk about some of the challenges that I bump up against personally and how a coaching framework and a spiritual practice kind of help me move through them and learn from them. Um, just a heads up before we dive in that there is some swearing in this episode because it's about a really hard thing called motherhood. So if you're listening with your kiddos, you might want to put headphones in. Um, before we dive into the heart of this episode, I want to tell you that my in-depth coaching program, which shares a name with this podcast, A Wild New Work, it's unrolling only until October 23rd. So A Wild New Work is a six-month coaching process that's really, you know, it's steeped in practical career coaching models, of course. It's grounded in theory, but it's also paired with natural wisdom, specifically from the moon cycles and seasonal changes. Um, the program is, I've seen it be really impactful, especially for um, mothers who are at that juncture where they're trying to reevaluate their career and what's important to them. Um, the process includes nine one-on-one -on -one sessions, um, an in-depth tarot reading about your career, regular journaling prompts that I record responses to, um, there are rituals, meditations, there's a lot available there. Um, it's $300 a month for six months. And as of today, there are five spots left. So, um, if you are in need of some deep kind of nature-based support, I would love to talk to you about working together. Um, there is a program outline and a detailed description on my website, meganleatherman.com. Um, and there's also a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. So <clears throat> where I want to begin today is with a quote from Oprah, who is not a biological mother, but her nurturing presence has really impacted and changed our culture. So she said, I've often called mothers the greatest spiritual teachers in the world. And in a separate quote, she says, we should no longer allow a mother to be defined as, quote, just a mom. It is on her back that great nations are built. We should no longer allow any woman's voice to be drowned out or disregarded. As we affirm other women and as we teach our sons, husbands, and friends to hold them in the highest regard, we honor both the mothers whose shoulders we've stood on and the daughters who will one day stand tall on ours. In our culture, there's all this sort of pomp around Mother's Day, and there's a lot of talk about how much we revere mothers in our culture, but I don't think we actually hit the mark and embody what Oprah calls us to embody. Um, in our culture, we don't truly deeply value motherhood and the gifts that come from that experience. And that's obvious if you are a mother and all of the ways that you have probably felt disregarded or um, drowned out or ignored or um, not taken seriously. After I became a mom, I remember being really, really angry. It was like all of the fawning and catering I received as a pregnant woman just kind of left once I had my little baby in my arms. Now it was like, well, you're on your own, kid. You, you know, you did this to yourself. Um, after the birth, you know, my body felt broken. Uh, breastfeeding was almost worse than birth and there was no social safety net, you know, to compensate for the 
fact that I wasn't working. Um, and we, you know, have it really good compared to many, many other women. Um, I had a lot of support. I, um, had a supportive partner who was able to take time off of work. We had health insurance and with all of that privilege and support, I still had really, really dark days. Um, I remember after the birth, probably a couple of months, um, you know, I would imagine driving my car off the road or throwing a chair. I would feel like I couldn't cope with the pressure of this new life. And how could anyone expect me to do that? Um, and I saw a naturopath at this time and she, you know, was really pushing, um, some medication for postpartum depression. And I've, I've sort of always been on the more depressive end of the spectrum. And so that's not unusual for me. Um, and just the way that she was handling it and kind of asking these questions, like, do you feel stressed? (laughs) Do you feel anxious? Uh, do you feel angry? And I just, I remember being so dumbfounded, like who the fuck is not angry in this culture after you have had a baby and there's no support and and you're isolated and people just expect you to figure it out you know even with the the support of my my mom my mother-in-law my husband friends like I had it good but even with that there's no cultural um embrace of this new really delicate hard stage um so yeah, there was a lot of anger and I don't think writing it off as postpartum depression resonated with me. Of course, of course, of course, if that resonates with you and you feel like you need more support, um, even if you had kids a long time ago, you know, do that. I, I see a therapist regularly and we talk a lot about motherhood and the pressures that are still associated with that. But, um, I just think it's easy in this culture to, to kind of write someone off as just depressed when really the problem is a bigger collective cultural problem. Um, so things have shifted now, you know, as my body has healed, as my baby has gotten older and more independent, but I still struggle with integrating motherhood into my career. Um, and as someone who needs a lot of alone time and quiet, having a little toddler has presented a lot of challenges And that is all true, but I sort of became tired of hearing myself say or, or knowing that I was believing that motherhood is like a crutch. I sort of got tired of hearing myself say that I can't do this. I can't do that because I'm tired. I have my kid all day, you know, et cetera, which again, all of that may be true, but as a coach who uses a strengths-based approach and who really tries to empower her clients to take ownership over their lives, I realized that my approach to integrating motherhood and work was not very strengths-based. And I'm kind of curious to know, like, I'm just new at practicing this, but maybe all that needs to change is my perspective. Um, You know, motherhood is not appreciated or valued at a deep level in our culture. That is true. But that doesn't mean that we have to internalize those beliefs and be at war with our careers. Um, I think there is another way that, you know, doesn't require us to try and fit into the hyper-masculine work world, but that doesn't tell us to stop being ambitious in our career either. So 
I'm looking for a middle way. Um, and I think it's possible. And so again, I'm learning what all of this means, but I want to share with you what I see as the really bright potential available to women who are mothers and who work, whether it's inside or outside of the home, but women who have ambitions outside of motherhood or in addition to motherhood. And I'm going to use the stages of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and new motherhood as a metaphor to kind of guide us. So for each of those stages, I'm going to talk about what I see as the dominant cultural narrative, um, what I see as the strengths and wisdom available in that stage and what it has to teach us. And then I want to share, you know, what it could mean for our lives at work. So let's start with pregnancy. I don't know how pregnancy was for you if you've been pregnant before. um, But some of the messages that I heard growing up and as a pregnant woman was um, that I was very frail. You know, everyone wanted to be really careful around me and was I comfortable? And um, there's a narrative that says that, you know, I'm going to go into labor any minute. It feels really risky and scary. Um, people would always assume that I was always tired, that I must just feel like shit all the time. Um, you know, do I feel fat? <laughs> um, all of these things that just didn't really, you know, if I had bought into them, maybe they would have felt true. But really, when I kind of checked in with myself, I was like, I actually feel great. Um, you know, sure, the first trimester, I had a lot of nausea, not great. But once that kind of got under control, you know, I felt really sexy. I felt alive. I felt so vibrant. I had a lot of um, creative energy. You know, this was one of the high times in my work life because I felt like there was this creative, amazing potential coming through me that I could channel, you know, also into my work. Um, It was challenging to be so tired, especially in the first and third trimesters. Um, But to me, that felt like a good way to learn how to listen to my body and listen to the cues that were there and rest when I needed to. Pregnancy as a metaphor for our careers, pregnancy in our careers can look like a new desire that's growing inside of us. It could be um, curiosity about a new career path or a new possibility. It's those kind of nascent feelings in us that seem vague and that don't you know, lead anywhere yet that we can see, but there is this clear desire, even if we're not sure how it's going to turn out. So the wisdom of pregnancy, you know, metaphorically and also literally is that we can grow something so beautiful without really quote doing anything, right? I don't know about you, but I couldn't make my daughter's cells multiply and I couldn't grow her arm for her, right? I, my job was taking care of myself, um, feeding myself what was good and sleeping and moving and doing the things that I needed to do, but I wasn't in control or directing her growth in my womb. Um, you know, if you're adopting, I would imagine that there's this work of needing to clear the way and navigating legal and bureaucratic waters. So again, not being able to control the situation, but doing your work to make room and create a safe home for another being or beings, whether it's in your home literally or in your womb. Um, 
so it's really in, an incredible metaphor for our work. And, you know, some of these concepts sort of live in our heads. So I want to give you a chance to sort of embody it. And no matter what your biology is, whether you have a womb or don't have a uterus or, um, you know, have children or have not had children, just take a second wherever you are. Even if you're driving, you can just place one hand on your womb center. This is also known as your second chakra. And see if you can close your eyes or if it's not safe to close your eyes, just get quiet and see if you can kind of imagine sending breath into this place. Into this creative center. And see if you can sense your potential to create, to nurture, to be a safe and welcoming home for something that wants to grow in and through you. You know, what pregnancy and the wisdom there could mean for our work is that we can trust that things are happening and shifting even when we can't see them. You know, really knowing intimately that the choices we make impact others, the food we choose to eat, the um, activities we choose to do. We can learn how to listen to our body and not push things when we feel tired. Um, the dominant professional culture around us says that we need to outline every action we're going to take. We need to constantly know where we're going. Um, it's, there's this belief that things happen because we pull lever A and then there's a direct cause and you get output A, right? But, but women who are in touch with their creative pregnant potential know better than that, right? We know that sometimes the process is mysterious, and that it's often a lot more beneficial to just take meaningful, intentional steps and release the need to know exactly what's happening all of the time. Our world is not a cause and effect place. There's mystery, and that's great, and that's perfect. You know, the work that I do with my clients and in my own career is very mysterious. Like, sure, there are analytical pieces and things that work consistently, but the process of Nurturing your gifts, your strengths, and then living them out in the world involves some deep work that can't be laid out in an action plan or a PowerPoint. And it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be mysterious and intuitive. Our role, our role in that is really to get clear about what our intentions are, what we want, do the work to untie or un you know, tease out some of the limiting beliefs or behaviors that come up and just continue to take care of ourselves and take small nurturing steps that feel in alignment for us. So if you feel pregnant with something in your career, if there is a desire to change, if you have a curiosity about a new field or a sense that things are just off and you know you want something to be different, that is beautiful and perfect and natural. And it's perfect that you don't know where it's leading you. You may not be supposed to know where it's leading you. So nurture it like you would a biological pregnancy, you know, give it the nutrients that it needs, take your vitamins, give it your loving attention and positivity, let it grow inside of you. 
Um, so often clients have this like tiny little golden thread of a, a idea or a desire and they just dismiss it right away because they can't see where it would lead ultimately in terms of their career. But that's exactly what we want to hold on to. We want to connect with that regularly. We want to send it love, notice its nudges, notice where it wants to lead us. So that is the wisdom of pregnancy that I think is available to all of us and especially to mothers who have experienced that either biologically or or have experienced that really desirous stage of calling in a child that they will adopt, which is also amazing and incredible. The next stage I want to talk about is birth. Um, So lots of cultural messages that we get about birth. Um, Some of the ones that I heard or experienced were um, this belief that it's something bad, that it's awful and grotesque, it's gory, it's really risky, um, it's something that needs to be hidden away or anesthetized or, um, you know, it's something that women shouldn't have to go through, right? The curse of Eve. I grew up in a religious home and was brought up with the belief that birth and the pain associated with that was Eve's curse for tempting Adam with the apple. So, uh, you know, (laughs) good luck, have a great birth experience with that in your head. Um, and again, no, there's no, um, judgment here about how you gave birth or whether you gave birth. Um, it's beautiful and perfect that epidurals are available. There's pain management. Um, if someone needs it, they can go to a hospital and get medical support. Um, there is a lot of division and kind of unhelpful energy around birth, I think, and a lot of disempowerment about and judgment around how you choose to do it. You know, are you going to go natural or get an epidural? Are you going to go to the hospital or be at home or at a birth center? And those judgments just don't empower any of us. So I want to just set those aside. All birth is natural. All birth is beautiful. Adoptions are beautiful. It's all, it's all perfect. We just have to make conscious choices that resonate for us. Um, for me, I wanted to feel the full spectrum of sensations in birth in my body. So I worked with midwives and intended to give birth at home. Um, I labored for about 12 hours at home. And after six hours of pushing, I needed more support. So, um, you know, got in the back of our Prius <laughs> with in the full pushing stage. And my husband, Chris, you know, drove me to the hospital When we got there, I got an IV with some fluids and got a small dose of Pitocin to help wrap my contractions back up. And after about an hour of getting those two things, um, started pushing again and, and, uh, you know, late into the night, my daughter was finally born and, um, it was a beautiful, incredible experience. Um, not what I expected and, um, the hardest thing I've ever done, but the beauty of birth is that hopefully, um, gosh, yeah, hopefully you get to meet your baby. And I know that is not the case for everyone, which is beyond tragic. Um, but in the metaphor of birth that we use, you know, in our careers, it's about, um, doing something really, really hard and then being able to see 
your um, gift at the end of that. So the wisdom, there's so much wisdom in birth itself and in the metaphor of birth. Um, what I see coming up as themes are one, really connecting with another place inside of you. You know, if you have given birth or been in labor, um, you probably know about labor land, which is the place you're in where you are so consumed by what's happening that there is no concept of time. There's no concept really of space. You are so... Um, in your body that there's no room for worrying about what other people think or, you know, am I, do I look okay? There's none of that available. Um, the beauty of birth, the gift there is also knowing that you can do really, really hard things. You know, even if birth didn't go the way you planned, there is still always an element of accomplishment and, and it's just incredible no matter how it goes. Um, the gift of birth is that we learn how to trust our bodies, how to, how to trust our instincts, um, accepting that the birth of new things is not pretty or even palatable. It is not meant to be pretty and, um, and perfect and tidy, right? It's, it is kind of grotesque, and that's perfect. It is beautiful in its grotesqueness. Um, what this could mean for our work, and I think what there, what potential is available, is that, how do I want to put this? After I gave birth, I couldn't really believe that any woman ever, whether she was a mother or not, I couldn't believe that any woman would ever doubt herself or her capacity to do difficult things. When I was on the other side of that experience, I felt more powerful than I have ever felt in my life. And no matter whether or not you've given birth or want to, you have tremendous power available to you. All humans do. All women do. Your body is incredible. What you can do is incredible. And imagine what your career could be like if you recognized that and regularly tapped into that power and that belief in yourself and in that belief in your instincts. Um, when was the last time you felt powerful, whether in your career or in the, in the rest of your life? Um, you know, what gives you that sense of really doing something incredible and challenging? The beauty of birth is also that it teaches us to trust that we will know what to do when it's time. You know, in preparing for birth, this was my first baby, so I, I didn't know what to expect. In birth class, they sort of tell you how to push, you know, when you get to that stage and what that will look like. But you can't just tell someone what that will be like. You have to actually do it. You have to be there working with the contractions, feeling that sensation. It feels really weird and you just don't know how to do it until you're doing it. And then you do. Um, you know, contractions in birth are some of, some of the most painful, difficult time, but they are your own body helping you birth this baby. So where do you feel contraction in your career right now? You know, where is there pain? Is there pain taking the form of overwhelm or regret or feeling like a failure or feeling like you just can't manage it all? You know, what could be born as a result of that pain? Like where could that pain take you if you worked with it? Um, there's probably really important information in there. 
if you are in the birthing stage in your career and you're working really hard to make a change or to create something new in your life, the wisdom available to you is to trust yourself, to trust your power, um, and to not try to make it look pretty, right? Again, you don't know, you don't have to know how it's going to look on the other side. You don't have to make it tidy or make it, you know, make sense to anyone else. Birth isn't pretty. It's not meant to be. Change is not meant to be pretty. It's something else. It's something more important than that. So, um, yeah, continue to do the work if this is the stage that you are in. It's a beautiful, rich time. The next stage I want to talk about is postpartum. So postpartum was a mixed bag for me. Some of the messages that I got about it or even beliefs that I had internally would be that it's quick and simple. (laughs) You know, you have the baby, you go home, you get meals sent to your house and it's great. Um, There were also messages about, you know, that I would hear from other parents about how hard it was, that it really sucks, that you'll never sleep again. Um, I think in the working world, there's this belief that you should just have the baby, you know, take 12 weeks off if you're lucky and then come back and just be ready to go and ramp up full time again. And I just, I just feel like, I just feel like, fuck you, you know, those policies, those parental leave policies weren't designed for mothers. They weren't designed by mothers. They're designed by, um, mostly men in positions of power and organizations who want to limit the impact of parental leave on their workforce and their productivity. Um, And in our culture, like 12 weeks is a gift. Like you're lucky if you get that much time because it's usually unpaid. And how does anyone afford to just take three months off, you know, without any income? So, um, I have a lot of anger and frustration around the way our culture is set up now. And I hope that that is changing and will change in my lifetime. And, you know, if my daughter chooses to become a mother, I hope she has way more societal support than any of us do. Um, Postpartum, again, was a mixed bag for me. I would say that in some ways I'm still in this stage. My body is still recovering a year and a half later. Um, it was not quick or simple. It was really hard, but it wasn't all bad. Um, we were really lucky because my husband was able to stay home for six weeks. Uh, and it's just fucking tragic that that's considered lucky in this culture when other countries, you know, it's two or three years, but six weeks, it was still, you know, a lot more than other women are getting. And it was probably the sweetest six weeks of my life. You know, it was on one hand, really, really hard and painful learning how to breastfeed and still being in pain from having a bad tear during the birth. Um, I won't talk about hemorrhoids, but I see you if you're there. Um, yeah, I'm, and in, even if you haven't given birth biologically, um, for adoptive mothers or co-parents, there is still no matter what, just a huge amount of adjustment and having to learn on your own really quickly how to take care for this tiny human that someone, you know, allowed you to take home, right? It's a lot. So the wisdom available in this stage, I think, is that 
we just do what we can and we embrace what's right in front of us. Um, I won't go into the gory details, but I pushed it too hard with too much activity in the first few weeks of postpartum. And what was first a, a kind of a more simple tear became something a lot worse, which meant an even longer recovery. And it was really hard for me, and I bet it's hard for a lot of women, especially if you have other kids already. It's hard to accept that the healing process is on its own timeline and that we need a lot more care than we probably give ourselves. Um, Even if your body is healing beautifully, there is still a huge wave of integration that happens at a cellular level. There are new hormones or hormones that are surging or dropping. There are new environmental cues. You have a new baby to get to know and read and monitor and love. You have, um, you know, if we're using this in the metaphor of work, this might be having a new project, a new opportunity, a new job, a new promotion that you just sort of got dumped into. It's a lot. There's a huge amount of learning that has to happen. So we have to give ourselves permission to just do what we can and take it one day, hour, minute at a time. Um, You know, I think the wisdom of postpartum is learning how to not get caught up in how things should look or what things should be like, right? Motherhood for you might look a lot different than what you expected. Um, And when that happens, we just have to see what's in front of us and accept that it's real and it's happening. And then we get to choose how we're going to relate to it. Am I going to resist and deny what's here or I'm going, am I going to just accept it and approach it with a different attitude or perspective? Um, so, you know, maybe for you, you've started a new job or a new career path and it's not what you expected. I've definitely done that before. Maybe you have started something new and it's taking you a while to ramp up longer than you thought, or you feel like you should have it, have the hang of it by now. The really fragile, sweet, quiet time of postpartum teaches us that it's okay to just do what we can and to trust that we are reintegrating. There's been a huge shift and now there's a long period of reintegrating, reconfiguring, um, kind of letting the dust settle where it needs to. Um, We might need longer than we think to adjust. So If this resonates for you in your career, I would ask you, you know, where are you pushing too hard? How can you pull back a little bit and give yourself permission to just do what's right in front of you to heal? Um, Are you resisting anything that's right in front of you? Is there a lot of um, resistance or desire to control or change what's happening in your career? And what happens if you just let it be there? Um, Not that you can never make change or not that everything that's happening is okay, but um, how can you kind of just accept that it's here and choose then how you want to orient to it? And does that that actually change things, just shifting your perspective? The last stage that I want to talk about is what I'm just calling new motherhood, which is essentially the period after postpartum, which um, again, I'm I'm only able to talk about a small period here because my kid is only a year and a half. So um, I'm sure when I'm older, I could do many, many podcasts on what it's like to 
become a mother and balance school schedules, uh, teenagers, empty nest stage. Like there's so much here, but I'll just share with you what I see in this, you know, after kind of the haze and the craziness of the first year of having a child. Um, the cultural narratives that I hear and have internalized about this are beliefs like you just can't do as much as others, or you'll always be behind, or your life is just about your kid or your kids now, and you just should accept that and and kind of get by on part-time work here and there when you can fit it in, you know, or or if you want to be successful, you're going to have to put your kid in full-time daycare and just deal with that. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of freedom or options available to mothers who have ambitions outside of just, you know, not just, but outside of motherhood. Um, my experience so far is that those things are true if I choose to believe in them. I think what could actually be true is that being a mother teaches us how to be creative, how to adjust on the fly, how to flow with what's happening and release control or expectations, which actually these are all of the things that our new work environments most need. We don't necessarily need people who look at the world in very black and white terms, who you know, only want to sit there and like press buttons. We need people who can adjust quickly and be creative and flow with what's right in front of them and not cling to what things are supposed to be like or supposed to look like. You know, any woman who was planning on doing something during nap time and then they have a kid who skips their nap that day knows what it's like to dump what you had planned and just be present with your kid in whatever state they're in. Um, so there's a lot of, there's just so many gifts here that I think we don't acknowledge and we kind of buy into the belief that motherhood, you know, is great when it's in this compartment and then work is great when it's in that compartment. And, um, the two, the two compartments never talk to each other. But I think if we as working people, brought in more of the gifts and more of the um, even stressors or components of being parents, our work could only improve. Our workplaces certainly would only improve because they would become more accommodating and friendly to other parents who are trying to balance a lot as well. But if we buy into these beliefs that, you know, motherhood is separate and work is separate and when you're at work, you just show up as a working person. If we buy into that belief, then we're perpetuating all of these harmful um, practices that don't give families the support or the safety or the resources that they need. So it's really up to us to start questioning whether or not we want to buy into these narratives anymore. Um, and what would it be like to embrace motherhood or parenthood fully, 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 and see it as a gift for our careers and, and see all the gifts that we gain through that experience and live them out in our work lives. You know, for me, motherhood has required a real simplification and purification in my life. Um, the things that weren't really working before or that I just sort of tolerated um, all got burnt away because there is no longer 
room for them or they weren't needed. You know, um, this could be like relationships that were already sort of, sort of on the rocks, um, poor work habits, like being, you know, on email all day and not setting aside time to do my work. You know, now that my work time is so limited, I take it really, really seriously and I'm really intentional about my time. And that is a gift. It could be seen as a limitation and something that I get really frustrated about, but I try to give it a really positive orientation that it has required me to decide what's important in my work life. It has also taught me about boundaries and um, it's taught me how to take my own self-care really, really seriously because when you are caring for a little one who is completely dependent upon you and you know, as they grow, they are dependent in other ways. Doing that is not a joke. And I couldn't really uh, be so frivolous with my self-care anymore because it would impact the way that I was with my child and with my partner. And I didn't like who I was when I didn't take care of myself. So simplifying by doing less and saying no to things in order to have energy for other things, that might result in less output or less productivity in your career. That is true. But it also invites us to get really, really clear about why we're doing the work we're doing and where we want to spend our precious energy. So for some of us, our why might be to create a financially stable environment for our kids. So we do whatever work provides that. And that's great. For others, it may be wanting to connect with a why that feels, um, meaningful like at a soul level or it's about a personal purpose or ambition to achieve such and such you know motherhood I think is an an invitation to really get real about how we're spending our days and how we're spending our lives Um, because there's such a, a limited amount of time and energy that we have outside of caretaking Yeah, so if you are a new mother or a mother with grown children, I just want to encourage you and say that you have a deep reservoir of insight and maturity that comes with having to negotiate your own care, the care of someone else or other people, and the care of your ambitions in your career. Um, You have access to like fierce mama energy of protection and boundaries. You have given life itself, or you have given a child the opportunity to grow up in a safe and stable home. That's incredible. You are the archetype of the goddess, the nurturer, the empress, the divine mother embodied. You are that. You're in touch with something otherworldly as a mother. And that's not, there's not enough room for that in our workplaces, but if you can bring more of that to your work, whatever you do today, our world and our work can only benefit from that kind of energy and presence. If any of what I've shared with you today has felt true or empowering, hold on to it. Nurture the belief that motherhood, even when it really, really sucks, <laughs> nurture the belief that it can be a portal that takes you into deeper and deeper work, that gets you closer to the work that you're meant to do in this world. Nurture the belief that motherhood can crack your heart open and that it gives you the wisdom 
that serves you and makes you better at what you do. It's really just a choice to believe in that. And when it gets hard, which of course it does and it will, remember what pregnancy, birth, and postpartum teach us. That great things grow in the dark, sometimes without our our control or input or knowing what to do. That we can do really, really hard things. And that our work is just to take one step at a time. We have a lot to share with our colleagues in the working world, some of whom are mothers or not mothers. And um, motherhood can be part of healing our workplaces, which are home to a lot of really disconnected, overwhelmed, um, lonely people. So if you appreciate this episode and like the kind of space I hold and create, it would mean a lot to me if you shared this with other mothers or other people in your life. And if you feel ready to reevaluate and nurture your career in a deep, meaningful way that is mother-centric and mother-friendly, you can learn more about my coaching program, which is enrolling until October 23rd um, at the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope that this podcast, this invocation of your power as a mother has felt really supportive and um, I'm so grateful for you and I hope you take really, really good care and, and be well and I will um, see you soon.